The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Coming to you live from the Ploughing Championships. With thanks to the local enterprise uh, offices, I've ventured outside our studio here, and I'm at the Sinn Fein tent with the party's agriculture spokesperson and TD, uh, Matt Carty. Matt, you're very welcome uh, to the show. I mean, some weather, some event. It's fantastic. It really is. I, I saw yesterday. I really thought it must be record-breaking numbers because there was huge crowds, bigger than I ever remember um, seeing. But I'm told today there's even more and. Um, there's certainly you know people are in good form there's lots of discussion lots of debate certainly the Sinn Féin tent has been incredibly busy people obviously asking the cost of living and uh, and all else but we had Mary Lou MacDonald and Michelle O'Neill here today um, so as you can imagine a huge level of engagement and um, lots of big picture politics being spoken about I have to say yeah the press conference was interrupted by Anna May making an announcement that the best dressed man competition was about to start I saw you darting off I was uh, I was, I was <laughs> contemplating because of a lovely Sinn Féin Bomber jacket. Oh yeah, yeah, get the ad yeah. in. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I don't, I don't think I stood much of a chance. There's some very handsome-looking men around the place. And tell me this: what then is your message to farmers today? What are Sinn Féin proposing that they would do that the current government are not doing to help them? Well, I think one of the really interesting things, listening to an awful lot of the farm organisations, their representatives, but also just general people, is there's a sense that government aren't listening at all. And so I think that's the first thing uh, political representatives need to commit to doing, that we're actually going to listen um, um, to them. So we've set out um, quite a substantive framework in terms of what we think needs to be done for um, to deliver for agriculture. And um, agriculture has lots of challenges um, to deal with. There's issues around prices, that the fi- fact that farmers are price takers and that there's there's almost zero transparency in terms of the profit margins that are being made at processor and retail tailor level. That needs to be addressed. The, the debate around cap is ongoing because our government managed somehow to negotiate a new budget that sees Ireland paying substantially more in but getting less back in terms of the common agriculture policy which is a really important um, plat- um, um, platform within um, CAP um, at a time when farmers are being asked to do more and then there's wider issues around trade deals and there's wider issues around fairness in the agriculture sector and all of that is before we talk about the big issue of this week which is climate action and how farmers can actually live up to, uh, to all of that. So what we're saying is farmers deserve fair prices, farmers deserve a fair cap and a, um, and a well-resourced cap. They deserve fair play in terms of wider policy um, um, decisions when they need a fair, uh, a just transition which is um, 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 fine in rhetoric. All of those things are fine in rhetoric. What we, what, what we have been putting forward is a number of policy proposals that aim to deliver on all of those, those areas and as with all of these things it's work in progress. And a, a just transition to what? A lower national herd? to Ireland reaching our climate emissions and does targets. that does that necessitate a lower natural, na- national herd well and I think there's a, an area because the one thing that people might not be aware of um, and many of your listeners might not be aware of is that the national herd in terms of the numbers of cattle that are in this state has is virtually the same as it has been for the past 30 years and um, one of the difficulties is that there's been a movement away from uh, extensive suckler um, type um, um, farms to more intensive dairy farms. Now, people need to recognise the reason why that has happened. The first reason is that it was government policy. If you had been at the Ploughing Championships in 2013, all of the great and the good in terms of across government departments were encouraging farmers to take advantage of the fact that dairy quotas had been abandoned and to um, um, borrow heavily, by the way, 
and in, and moved to in, into the the dairy sector. So I think it's. Were Sinn Féin opposed to that? At no, the time? Um, no. Well, I don't actually, think you were. Well, actually, we were. We've always been critical of the the intensification, specialisation, um, low margin model. No, but, you, but, but Sinn Féin were not encouraging any farmers to stick with suckler cattle and not move to dairy post the lifting of quotas. What we what we have, what we have always said, and it is one of the things that we did say at the time, is because we recognised the farmers were going into huge levels of debt um, and that there will be and there are um, lots of volatility in terms of because the model is based on a volatile market it's based on global conditions so um, when farmers are operating um, you know, large numbers low margins um, type production and we've seen this with the pig sector for example only this year the difficulty is that any volatility in the market at all can have a huge displacement and, and essentially force farmers out of business very quickly um, so what we would always have advocated for is a model of farming that actually pays a and ensures farmers are paid a premium price for premium products. The difficulties we have, and it's one of the real, I think, angering um, aspects of the climate debate um, from my perspective, is that the most environmentally friendly farmers in Ireland are also the least profitable. And if we don't address that, then all the other debates count for naught. Because even if you look at all the proposals in respect of meeting our um, our um, climate targets, and, you, and you've mentioned this discussion around the national herd, mm. but the answer always is we should reduce the suckler herd. But the suckler herd are operating on farms that are much more extensive, they're much more environmentally beneficial, but as I say, they're less profitable. Um, so if we want to move um, and encourage farmers to move from the dairy um, sector, which would have a much greater impact in terms of our emissions, then the way in which we can do that, and the only way in which we can do that, is by showing a profitable route into another, into other models. And I would like to see um, um, uh, options for those who are currently in dairy to move towards planting more grains, fruits and vegetables, and also maybe engaging um, in the beef sector. The only way that that conversation is going to be based on reality from the perspective of those farmers is if we can show that that's going to be economically viable for them. And in terms of then the more pressing issues maybe facing all the farmers who are here today, uh, uh, the cost of living and the cost of doing business and all of their increased input costs, uh, what is it that Sinn Féin would like the government to do next week? Well, I think there's a number of there's a number of broad, and you've heard what we've been saying in, ter- in terms of cow sold electricity, reducing the um, the cost back to 2021 levels and freezing them at that for the um, winter period. We're proposing direct um, supports to um, um, low and middle income families. Um, and, uh, you know, and we'll have a raft of um, propositions outlined in our budget um, submission. It costs on, a lot. On, You'd on be spending a lot of money. You'd be giving a lot of money to energy companies in that, wouldn't you? If you cap prices at 2021... Well, what we would be doing, it would take a huge investment. We've estimated that it would cost about 1.3 billion euro, and we've actually provisioned in our budget for a 1.6 billion euro expenditure. That's a huge level of uh, of money. There's no huge doubt about it. Huge transfer of wealth to. It's energy companies from well, the taxpayer the people who are benefiting from that are workers and families and here's the reason why we have to do it Karen because energy prices have soared out of control um, either individual households take the hit or the state steps up and introduces an emergency measure because of the emergency times we're in if we go with the former and put the burden entirely on workers and families, then my fear is that we will actually end up with a personal debt crisis because people simply won't be able to pay their bills. And when you consider that we already have a housing crisis and we have a crisis in our health service and other public services, and we have the crisis now in relation to the cost of living, I don't think it's a good idea to add another crisis on top of that. Okay, well, that's to do with the energy price, electricity prices. Again, sorry, back to my question that I asked, and it was me who interrupted you. The farmers, what do you want to see done with them? So there's a number of areas, and this is one of the, again, the frustrating 
certain aspects of this because farmers were among the first who came to us as politicians to warn us about um, rising costs and because they saw it immediately in terms of fertiliser costs, feed costs and um, fuel costs and the impact that that was having and they were the ones that pointed out that if measures weren't taken at that level then um, the, the, that that was going to end up impacting at the grocery uh, at the grocery bills and people have seen that so mm. we now have um, high grocery costs one of the things that we would have liked to have seen so we were calling for the, a European crisis reserve which is a mechanism within the European Union that allows expenditure to be spent um, without the state aid rules that would usually apply and eventually the European Union did introduce that um, back in the spring of this year but they also provided a provision for member states to actually co-finance that to the tune of to um, to um, 200%, which could have, which would have meant that there could be an additional 30 million euro available from the state to provide direct supports to, far- to farmers. The government, bizarrely and without explanation to date, failed to actually utilise that. So one of the immediate steps that we'll be call- we are calling on the government to do is to now activate that mechanism so that we can actually get that 30 million euro into the uh, into the farms of this country without the um, bureaucracy that comes with the state age rules and other um, other farm schemes. We'll be also announcing in our pre-budget submission some of our agriculture measures. We want to see direct supports going to some, particularly those smaller extensive um, suckler farmers that I was talking about. We have a scheme in relation to that also um, um, want to see expansion of the sheep welfare scheme and um, we want to see the continuation of some of the um, disregards in relation to the carbon tax that farmers can currently um, avail of um, and what we want to see broadly and this is our the big politics because the family farm model is crucially important um, not only to agriculture and to mm. our reputation in terms of food projects but as you drove down here every town and village almost that you came through the nearest thing they have to an industry is that network of family farms it's crucially important to our society and to our local economies but the family farm as I said at the outset is under an awful lot of challenges and we can turn that into a political football and have debates and arguments about it or we can agree to um, establish a commission on the future of the family farm which is what Sinn Féin want to see, where we actually bring together the experts and on a, you know, um, a, 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 a broad political basis, actually set out the roadmap for Irish family farms, not only to survive, but to thrive into the next generation. Because farmers think on generational basis. They think 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years down the line. Part of the problem is that the policy decisions that are affecting them are often made with a short, short-term um, vision or ambition, and that needs to change. You mentioned uh, carbon tax derogations. Uh, the carbon tax, independent of the budget, Uh, uh, elements of the carbon tax are going to kick in another increase now just on petrol and diesel uh, and there's been a delay when it comes to home heating oil uh, Sinn has been uh, opposed to uh, the manner in which the carbon tax uh, uh, operates and has been implemented in this country I assume does it go without saying that you would not like to see these increases in petrol and diesel happening? I think it would be absolutely ludicrous and it would be... You know, it's so sending a message, that's the counter well, argument. Well, here's the message it sends to the people who you are meeting around here. They drive to work or they drive their kids to school or they drive to... Um, drive less, to, get in the to, bike, that's the to, message. Drive to um, avail of the services because they have no alternative. There's virtually no public transport across most um, rural communities. They heat their home with heat, home heating oil because there's no alternative source of heating. The only alternative source of heating, by the way, is solid fuels, which the government are actually um, um, res- res- restricting. Um, so if you... Well, put, they could retrofit their house. Yeah, well, if you... For those people... Use all the money under the mattress. For those people who can't afford to retrofit their home or who can't afford to buy an electric vehicle and who don't have options... 
to public um, transport. Increasing the carbon tax is simply charging people for not using an alternative that doesn't actually exist. What Sinn Féin would like to see is that we actually set about actually creating the options so that we can actually support those people, make retrofit their homes, absolutely, carry out um, um, other improvements, um, avail of public transport in rural communities and then you can look at actually penalise people who don't actually use those alternatives when the alternatives don't exist um, carbon taxes are simply charging people because of where they happen to live and that's deeply unfair in my view uh, We're going to hear from the Taoiseach a little bit later in the show I've spoken to him already um, and he makes the point that you know in the wake of Queen Elizabeth's death and maybe uh, uh, it, it afforded the political establishment across the pond the opportunity to stand back and reappraise where we find ourselves in terms of Brexit and protocol and all of that and I suppose he was and, and like I say he's going to people will hear the full interview it's coming up a little bit later in the show but he strikes a kind of a, a slightly more hopeful tone maybe in terms of uh, how relations might progress with the new administration in Downing Street? Well, if things, or if we expect things to change um, with the British government, it will be more in hope than expectation at this point because we haven't seen the evidence. But let's hope the Taoiseach is right, quite frankly, that there will be a change of attitude, um, both in terms of the British government, which is obviously crucial because they're bringing forward legislation that would breach international law at the moment and cause huge uncertainty um, at a time when we don't need it, but also um, force a sea change within the DUP who are blocking the establishment of the executive, who are preventing um, the parties in the north from actually delivering the type of cost of living measures that we're quite rightly calling for um, um, for d- down here. And they can provide, certainly I have to say, um, and just give this anecdote, um, across the two days I've been in the Ploughing, um, Ploughing Championship, four different self-described um, unionists um, actually approached um, Sinn Féin representatives, and I'm aware of there may have been more, but to talk about the protocol and its implications, because these are guys who are involved in agriculture, they know the value of the All-Ireland agriculture um, 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 sector and that interconnection, particularly within dairy and, and poultry and um, the pig sector, um, but right across the board. We have all benefited from the fact that we operate on an all-Ireland basis when it comes to our food um, and produce. Any threat to that will have the same impact whether you're a nationalist farmer in South Armagh or a unionist farmer in County Fermanagh, and they're acutely aware of that. So I think you know maybe um, the, the I suppose recent developments will allow for cooler heads. Um, but my fear is that the DUP's refusal to establish the executive isn't so much based on their concerns around the protocol as they say and more um, around the fact that um, when the uh, executive is re-established it will be headed up by an Irish Republican woman. Uh, well listen it takes I suppose uh, all types of farmers, all political parties are here, there's lots of actions, the drone flying overhead as well. Listen Matt, pleasure, thanks a million. Thank you Karen. Matt Carty, Sinn Féin's uh, uh, agriculture spokesperson, Party TD as well. Stay with us here on the Hard Shoulder we're broadcasting live from the Ploughing Championships with the local enterprise offices and after the break, uh, Davy Fitz is going to be putting me through my paces. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.